Warning, this is the Arrowhead Boys Podcast, a Kansas City Chiefs podcast made completely by two random guys whose opinions don't matter. Enjoy. What is up? You are now tuned in to the very latest episode of the Arrowhead Boys podcast. You're here with your hosts and producers, Eric Lupartis and Tyler Fortner. Tyler, how are you doing this evening? Good, man. How's it going? It's going, man. It's going. Sorry, I would have uh, got this thing started earlier, but I just had to deal with my dogs for a moment. They were yapping at the other dogs at the damn fence, so they were like not listening to come in, so... But anyways, um, how's everything been going with you? Oh, good, man. Same same stuff every day, just work. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you, man. I'm I'm ready for this prep to be fucking over, dude. I can't I can't tell you how much I just want to get back to living normal. <laughs> yeah, eating bones. Yes, yes, man. I, I was actually thinking about those earlier, to be honest with you. Matter of fact, I actually think about them at least once a day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. It's the My Cookie Dealer stuff, too. So, Dude, oh, by the way, we actually got a, a, a box in the mail today. So that's like the third box in like two weeks. But they've all been going in the freezer. So yeah. we'll, we'll, be st- we'll be stocked up for a while. Yeah, dude, they're good. I don't blame you. Yeah, man. All right, man. Uh, let's get into this thing. So uh, OTAs has been going on. It's kind of the uh, getting to the point where there's nothing going to happen in the season until training camp. Um, what 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 have you been seeing that's been going on? Or like, uh, what have you been your takeaways of OTAs so far? Um, for everything I've read and watched, it looks like offensively that. Pat's starting to kind of build a relationship with his new receivers. You know, defense. I haven't really seen a ton on defense lately, but I think that's because people just want to see Pat and his new receivers in the first place. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm ready for a camp to start here. Was it was it next month, late next month? Yep. Yeah, so I think that's when we're going to start seeing a lot more um, stuff on defense. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? On Twitter, I've been scrolling. There'll be some like clips of like drills and stuff, and I've I've seen like drills of like McDuffie doing some stuff, and then like I saw like a couple things of Karloftis, but that's about it though. But it's been a been uh, it's been about um, pretty much a lot of the receivers, and yeah, you're right. Mahomes have been built. He has been building that um, chemistry up with his new receiving core, and that's kind of what you need, especially going into this season because everything's different you know it was d rob um hardman hill uh pringle last year and now we're rolling in with mbs hardman still but he's going to this last year of his contract and uh juju and then the rest of the gang and sky Moore, obviously the draft pick so um Sky Moore has still been dealing with this hamstring injury, so I haven't been really seeing much of him in OTAs. So there really hasn't been much talk on him. So 
I'm kind of concerned about that since he's been kind of still dealing with that because we don't really need any dudes that are dealing with hamstring injuries. Yeah, we let Sammy Watkins go just for that reason. But um, I think there's – I think, like, wide receiver, speaking of Hardman, I think he's going to be the guy that people kind of forget about, even though he's been on the team for three years. You have these big signings, like I mean, I call them big signings, but mm-hmm. like Juju and MVS, and then you draft a guy like Sky Moore, and then Justin Ross is getting some some love out there, and then no, Justin Ross. oh oh yeah, like the Chiefs still have McCole Hardman, um, who he's a flash player in certain times, but if teams are going to be worried about Kelsey and those other guys, I mean, you could see Hardman kind of go off a little bit more this year than he has the past seasons. Yeah. And I remember when Andy Reid had said that we basically kind of found out what Hardman, you know, is used for, what his what he's best used for. And that's, you know, the uh, dead sweeps, those wide receiver screens, those like touch passes. And like you said, like spot plays, you yeah. know, he's 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 a gadget player, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it. But he was what Tyree Kill was supposed to be. Exactly. You know, except Tyreek actually developed into a receiver and Hardman really hasn't so far. You know, he has moments, you know, that he looks good. But, you know, his problem has always been with Mahomes has always said, you know, he doesn't finish his routes. He always just stops, you know, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, Mahomes is going to launch that thing. So you want to keep going. But, you know, I think it's going to be a different approach and this all obviously all depends on how defenses play us this year. You know, I don't know if they're going to still be in that, that cover two. Um, they may still be in it just because they're like, Hey, you know, you're still the Kansas city chiefs. We don't care who's in your receiving core. We're still going to throw everybody deep, but with how big our big body, our receivers are, they can take a lot more hits. They can take a little bit more punishment. So I think, you know, We'll, we'll see a little bit more short to intermediate routes, more median, uh, medium patterns and stuff, you know, like those like short end crossers and maybe like short skinny posts and stuff, you know, nothing too deep unless you're like rolling like MBS, like run, running like a deep fade or something like that. But I think we'll see a lot more shorter routes this year and allow the receivers to uh, get the yak. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more um... – you know, kind of like you were saying, like post routes. I think we're going to see a lot more stuff come over the middle. You're not going to send a guy like Tyreek Hill over the middle to get popped by a linebacker. No. So. Plus, the route running is different. These guys are better route runners than, you know, D-Rob and Tyreek and Sammy were. Um, guys like Tyreek just relied on his speed. He didn't have to have a good route. He's just going to outrun you anyways. So, mm-hmm. you know, building some chemistry with them, you always – I mean, you still always have – you know, the best tight ends of all time is going to be your number one. Just get some guys that are bigger, a little bit, still have speed that can run better routes, and I think they'll be fine. Right, and I think with, like, you know, having the build of the receiving core now and hoping that Jody Fortson can come back, you know, recovered from his Achilles injury, we're hoping that, you know, Kelsey doesn't have to play as many downs as much as he had has had to in previous years. You know, because he is getting older, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't want him to get his thousand yards anymore and stuff like that. But 
if he starts getting like 800 yards just because, you know, we're lessening his play just so he's not getting, you know, hurt all the time, you're, you know, you're specifically using him more in like goal line stuff and, you know, just to get those first downs or short yard plays and stuff because you know he's Mr. Reliable in those plays and stuff, you know, but you, you really don't want him running up and down the field like, you know, he's going to do it anyways because he's Travis Kelsey. But the, the thing is you, you want to lessen the chances of him having to do that. So I think with having to get these big body receivers now, we're, we're you know, Kelsey isn't going to be like the biggest dude on the field anymore. Right. Yeah. And he's going to find the hole in the zones. He's always been a, you know, a run after catch guy. So he's going to catch it eight yards and take it to 15 and right step out of bounds or just, you know, go down or whatever. But I don't see him taking – he's never really taken big shots or been injured until last year he got banged up. But that's because, you know, they're trying to force the ball to him almost every single throw and he's getting right. hit in the head. And I think it's just taking the pressure off him. I think he's still going to be an 1,200-yard 1, guy. It's just he's not going to have so much pressure on his shoulders because he's not the only one out there now. Yeah, right. Exactly. And maybe, you know, he won't have like a bazillion catches, you know, throughout the year because you don't have to throw it to him a bazillion times and he can just allow his yardage just to come from straight yak. Right. Um, and, you know, we've been seeing Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's been out there. So is Rojo and stuff. You know, you've been seeing that, um, especially when they went down to Texas, the train with Mahomes. And I, I that just shows that they're probably going to utilize the backs or at least they should utilize the backs a lot this year in the past game. Cause that's what Clyde is really, you know, he's really best known for is just the in the past game. I'm not saying he's not a bad, you know, runner, but you know, that's a, that's a lot of his strengths that comes from the past game. Yeah. I, and going back to the year, the chiefs actually won the super bowl. They had Damian Williams back there. Mm-hmm. And he was more, I mean, he had like, I think, three or 400 yards on the ground, but he had a lot more yards to air mm-hmm. on those screen passes and stuff. I think they probably carried him. He probably averaged eight eight actual carries. Throwing the game. mixture with the run and the pass with him. Yeah. It, it, it was, it, he should have been the MVP of the, of the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he, him and Kelsey were the ones that really brought them back and ended up sealing that game. I mean, you know, you can say, well, you know, Pat had a clutch throw to Tyreek, but at the end of the day, Kelsey's the one that put got the momentum back, scored, and then Damian sealed it. So I will admit, I think the Tyreek, the 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 third and long, that just that that stunned the Niners, and then it was just like Kelsey and Damian, and you know, they they just took over from right then and there. Right, I did see today. Um, since we're talking about the offense, that Orlando Brown has interviewed a whole bunch of new agents today. Yep i i was uh, I was listening to the uh, Arrowhead Pride podcast earlier, and they were just mentioning that that he's been interviewing, and they said it's kind of strange that you know how he kind of uh, stated you know what he had to like you know prepare for in the off season, like oh I gotta you know I gotta worry about Mahomes' wedding. I got to worry about this and worry about that. Cause you know, we usually don't see players talking about like, Oh, I got to go shop around for agents before I, you know, I sign a contract and stuff. Um, right. I personally think it's smart. You know, it's smart to have an agent just because 
I mean, unless you just know how to handle money. If you know how to handle money, then you know you're cool. But if you don't know a damn thing about handling money correctly, you you are best to hire an agent. Yeah, the thing with Orlando Brown though is either way, he's going to be a chief this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Veach is really high on him for whatever reason. I'm not so much. I just not because he's not good. It's just I don't think he fits the offense that they're wanting to run. If he was a right tackle, I would say, yeah, make him the highest paid because he'd be the best right tackle in the NFL. Right. However, being a left tackle, with the offense that and that could change this year, but the offense that we've previously previously ran, we need an athletic, agile tackle. And you know, I don't think he's night and day over a guy like Eric Fisher. I mean, they're two different guys, but the production's not much different. Right. And I and I completely agree from that standpoint. I think with the intent of getting him, I think they want to be a little bit more like balanced as far as like being more run and you know, still using the pass, but but Andy's not going to run it. That's the problem. Well, yeah, I know. But doing more like play, you know, and he doesn't necessarily have to run, but like doing things like more play action and, yeah. um, you know, because you could still have run run uh, graders for play action because it's it's essentially like they're, they're acting like they're going to uh, run block. Um, but I think, you know, with you know what they gave up for Orlando, you kind of you're kind of stuck with him because if you just want to, if you didn't, if you released him now, then you you lost the trade. You 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 had him for one year, and you you know you got. I mean, you know, I guess whatever you want to call it, a Pro Bowl year out of it. But um, and I think at this point, I think they're just trying to find a way to pay him because. The only other options out there, you, you would you would have to find, you know, either shuffle some guys around on, you know, your current depth chart, or you're going to have to go out there and make another big trade for somebody. Um, I I think they're going to, you know, that's the whole reason why they wanted to give him, you know, let him play out that one year just to see how it goes. I personally think he should play out on the franchise tag this year just to see if he can do it another year. That's that's my personal opinion, but I know a lot of the players don't like to play on the tag. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just don't want to have a hole on the left side when we're still trying to figure out who the hell is going to be our right tackle this year, too. Yeah, I mean, so if you can't get a deal done, um, you know, he's not a player that you get rid of other players to keep, if that makes sense. Um He's not that val- – that position's valuable. He's not even ranked in the top ten when people talk about left tackles in the NFL. Um, what I would do personally, I would make him play out that franchise tag here um, this year. And if the production is not better than what it was last year, if he isn't changing his game to better himself, I would ta- I would pull – you know, what, what was it, Washington tagged Cousins twice and then traded him? I'd tag Orlando Brown again next year and trade him in the offseason. Right, right. Make him play the tag this year. If, if it's not good, if it's not worth, you know, selling the farm for, then mm-hmm. tag him one more time and trade him. Right. But then, but then if he does have a productive year or a better year, then he's going to be off the one-year deal and you can get rid of Chris Jones. So. Right, 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 right. Then you got to pay 
more money. So it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where Brett Veach has got to figure out what is more logical. Do you, do you, do you let him, do you let him prove it another year? And if he balls, then you pay him even more money than what you could pay him just now and get it over with. Or, you know, or if he sucks next year, then, you know, then yeah, you can tag him and um, you can tag him and then trade him and uh, trade him and shit. But I, I don't know. It's just, it gets a little fishy when you start doing the whole tag, but then you get start getting holdouts and stuff. I don't know. But I do think you're right about the whole, like, Chris Jones, you know, potentially being traded next year. I definitely think that if he doesn't come out and have any sort of productive year – even if he has a productive year, I honestly think they're going to trade him anyways. I think they just don't want to pay that 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 remaining salary. I think at this point, he tweeted something the other day, and he tweeted defensive player of the year. Yeah, defensive player of the year, yeah. And for him to stay, in my mind, he's got to – He's got to be in the conversation. He doesn't have to necessarily win it, even though it'd be great, but he's definitely got to be in the conversation. Yeah, he's got that. And that he, and hopefully with maybe having Karloftis on the line, a high motor, you know, rookie, um, maybe that might draw some attention over there where he can have a little bit more one-on-ones. I don't know. Uh, Maybe Frank Clark might wake up. I don't know. Um, at this point, I think Frank Clark is just the first and second down player. I mean, he is what he is, but you're you're really not going to get any more pass rush juice out of him um, just because he just hasn't shown it the last two years. And I just I, – I, I know this is basically a prove-it year for him. I just don't see him coming out and having a dominant year. I mean, I think- he, could, I mean he could say he wants to. I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think this is honestly a prove-it year for a lot of um, Orlando Brown. If if you're if you can swing this, it would be the best case scenario for both sides. If you can get Brown to play on the tag this year, and you know, say one of your rookies pops at wide receiver, mm-hmm. Juju's on a one-year deal. He's not going to be a cap hit next year. Frank Clark's going to be gone. That's a big cap, you know, free up there. Um, Chris Jones could be gone. Thornhill, like you have a lot of guys that if you can get Brown just to play on the tag this year, you'll be fine with paying him even if it's highest paid next year. Right, right. Um, Thornhill, yeah, Thornhill's one of those other guys, though, too, that this is, you know, this is his last year on his contract. Um, I, you know, he would have to say, hey, I'll take, you know, whatever deal you give me to stay with Kansas City for him to still be in Kansas City. So yeah, he's going to have to take like a one year, $5 million deal, two year, six type thing, or, you know, shit, if I'd, I'd give him, you know, I'd give him, you know, three, four, I'd give him three for, you know, 12. Yeah. And I think that's what they gave Daryl Williams or Damian Williams at one point was a three year for 18, yeah. which, which is just a, like a barely over five, but he's not even hardly. Um, no, and, and, and it would just be it would just be because of a scheme fit, and he knows the system, and you don't so you don't have to go and sink capital or draft another safety or find another one. Even though you're hoping that Cook may develop into that guy, I just don't know how much of Cook they're going to use in the safety room. Um, I know he's going to play a lot of Sorensen's role in the box. 
I just don't know how they're – I don't know if he's going to play any deep, you know, roles and stuff. So, but, yeah, you're um, back on Thornhill, this is, you know, this is probably going to be his last year in Kansas City. I wouldn't – and it's a year early, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see Legereus Sneed on the move if he doesn't have a, a bounce back year after that sophomore slump. Right. I, I, I can Just see because – They'll still let him finish out his rookie deal – uh, just because it's cheap and cheap contract and stuff like that, you know, and you never know. He could, you know, he could prove it somewhere, you know, but then again, you know, if he does come out and ball, you know, what if you want to trade him and get value out of him? That's what I mean. So if he has a bounce back year, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him um, just because it's not that hard to find a starting corner in the NFL. Um you can draft one. The Chiefs drafted like what three the three this year, something oh, like that. Oh yeah, there's they signed a couple. Like they're fine. Yeah, um, they drafted an army. Yeah, and, and they're known for trading seventh round draft picks for a problem corner that ends up being a starter. Right. They've done it. They've done it twice. Well, yeah, couple. and they then they've developed corners. I mean, yeah, to be honest, I mean Traverius Ward. I mean, he was still kind of a project when we traded for him, and he, you know, he earned he he developed into a corner that earned a contract somewhere. So yeah. And Fenton's the same way too. I mean, Fenton's been starting and if he wasn't drafted anywhere else, he'd probably been out of the league by now. Right. If he was drafted by the jets, he would not be playing right now. No, there, and there, that goes for a lot of guys on the Chiefs. So if, if the chiefs didn't go out and, cause they're really good developing players in general, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of players on that are even starters right now. It's like, Man, if we didn't draft you, you honestly would be on the practice squad if you were still even in the league. I think, you know, that's why, you know, we haven't been known to go out and get a lot of big-time free agents all the time, you know, like every year because, you know, we're, we, are, we are a team. We are a franchise that's known for developing players. Well, we can find Diamond in the Roughs, you know. Yeah. I, I hate to say it and I hate to admit it, but – Daniel Sorensen, he he was a starter for X amount of years, whether we hate it or not, whether we whether we hate it or love it, you know, and he's had some big moments, but he was a you know, he was a practice squad guy that worked his way up to starting in a fucking Super Bowl and shit and you know, making some clutch moments, but also pissing us off in a lot of ways too. Right. So this is a little off topic, uh, NFL in general related, but do you, you remember Marion Barber? Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, that's yeah. tragic. Found dead at 38. I remember he was uh, he was actually pretty decent for Dallas there for a few years back in the, what was it, oh. mid-2000s? Yeah, it was like those mid-2000s. I remember it was, uh, it was a Thanksgiving game. Um, I can't remember who the Cowboys were playing, but Romo was obviously the quarterback. We were at my grandpa's house and, you know, big time, big dinner and stuff. And um, I remember he had a massive game, massive game. I I don't even know how many touchdowns, but I want to say it was like at least three. But he had like over 170 yards rushing and shit. Yeah, he was really good. He was kind of like the – he was really similar to like uh, Marshawn Lynch there for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Big – just big. Yeah. But no, I I saw that they just said he was found dead, but they haven't said you know a, a cause or anything yet. So 
Yeah, that's a lot of players have been kind of, you know, passing away lately and stuff, you know, with uh, the Gladney uh, passing away, you know, over the weekend and stuff in a car yeah, accident. There's Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. getting smoked by that bus or whatever it was. Right, exactly. And then, what was it, a year or two ago, and uh, they found Vincent Jackson in a hotel. Yeah, 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 that was like, yeah, that was a couple of years ago now. Yep, a couple of years ago, yeah. So it's like, yeah, players have been just, it's just crazy, you know. And a lot of these players you, you forget about until they until they pass away, unfortunately. Yeah, and then you think like, oh, yeah, like I used to play with him on Madden or something. Exactly, exactly. And I see, you know, freaking Sean Alexander's going to pass, and I'm like, fuck. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, some of the rookies, uh, I see that George Karloftis hired, uh, Patrick Mahomes' trainer. Um, that's, I know Bobby Stroop is known for developing, you know, superstars. He's also Bobby Witt Jr.'s trainer too. That kid's a stud. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can, if he can mold Karloftis into a freak, I mean, then I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and put my, you know, throw $100 on the table and say that he's going to come out and just dominate the world. But his best year, he'll have eight sacks. What's that? His best year in his career, he'll have eight sacks. Eight sacks, you're calling it. I. That's going to be his best year ever. And it's probably going to be like a year four. I I will be a little bit more optimistic, and I think he can crack 10. I think he could crack it one year of double digits, and I think it will be 10. It won't be any more than that. If it happens, it's because he's loaded around him with other pass rushers. Right, right. Kind of like lot, how D, D Ford was really good with um, Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. It's going to be a situation like that. It'll have, a lot will have to go his way. Um. Uh, Justin Reed, there's been a lot of talk with him about how he's excited about playing in this defense, how it's the most complex defense he's ever played in. Um, I've known a lot of players been saying that about Spagnuolo's defense. It's probably why a lot of times they struggle, you know, halfway through the year because, you know, he's he makes it so complicated and shit. I mean, dude, make that shit easy for people. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I think it's cool to see how we've transitioned from safeties to, you know, different safeties. I mean, I mean, shit, you can even take it all the way back to the nineties with Deron Cherry, you know, and then the early two thousands and Jerome Woods, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I mean, he was a safety for years. Yeah, at one time, he was one of the best around. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then, um, and, you know, and then you got uh, uh, Eric Berry. And then transitioning into – we had a couple busters for a year. And then – So, real quick, do you consider – and this is – Eric Berry fans are going to say absolutely not. Do you consider Eric Berry a bust? Uh, no. I no. – I, 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 it's unfortunate how his career turned out. Was it? He was a fourth or fifth overall pick. I can't, I think it was five. I I but I think but he's had but he's a three time All Pro safety. Yeah, uh, but, but 
linebacker, but was one of those all pros, a sympathy all pro? Um, I mean, I'll have to look. I would have to look at the the two thousand his two thousand sixteen stats. Um, but I mean, Eric Berry was one of the best safeties when he was playing. I I, I can't really take that away from him. I mean, again, unfor- it's unfortunate how his career happened. Here, I, I pulled up his being so injury line. prone for being a fourth or fifth overall pick. Even yeah, he's got the All Pros and yeah. a couple of those Pro Bowlers, but his injuries, to my book, he's borderline bust just because of that. Like when you're a, that high and one of the highest safeties ever drafted in NFL mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. it's really hard to say that the dude's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's just not. No, he won't. He won't go on the Hall of Fame. He he will be in the may, Ring of Honor. He, he may go to the Kansas City Ring of Honor, but he won't be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah. He got the um. I mean, he got the you know comeback Player of the Year award. You know, and then the. I mean, I will say, I will admit, the year right after he came back from cancer, I would I not was, say I it was. Think that was all pro, huh? Was that an all pro year though? Yeah, no, it was. I was gonna say was that it, it wasn't as productive as the following year in 2016, right before all the injuries just started happening. He just didn't play anymore. Cause he actually had um he actually had two more interceptions and he actually had two two touchdowns off those interceptions. Cause I remember that year is when he picked off Cam Newton and took it all the way back to the house. And that, that was the same year he did Atlanta too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit. That was a, a way more productive year, and then the year prior, which was 2015, which was the year he came back from uh, cancer. Because um, I remember in 2014, the year we didn't make the playoffs, Justin Houston. Every time he got a sack, he would raise up his shirt and had 29 on it, and that's when yeah. you know Eric was out. So. Um, I, 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 yeah, it could have been a sympathy, you know, given to him, you know, the year after, you know, I don't know, but I mean, I, par- I think apparently, that- um, you know, that stuff's a thing because they were going to take Pat's MVP away and just give it to Drew Brees because he was old and had a decent year. So, right. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it, 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 those voters, I mean, I've, I've listened to like, you know, NFL podcasts and, you know, and they've talked about, you know, what the, how the voting processes have gone and, you know, they they do say that they take a lot of uh, they do look a lot uh, look at a lot of like players backgrounds and personal things, too. You know, so, yeah, they, they do look at a lot of the sympathy. I do think that a lot of sympathy goes into some picks. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He'll be in the Chiefs ring of honor, but that that's that'll be good enough for him. Yeah, it's just my point about it is, is like, man, you're you're on the high. I think he actually is the highest drafted safety, at least in the modern era. Right. Uh, it sucks that how his contract turned out. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we paid him for like three years after he was already done. Well, you know the 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 funny thing is, he was already six years. He was already like six years into the league you know, by the time he earned that contract because his year he was out, I guess, technically didn't count, you know, even though, even though it is a year, you know, of, 
um, I guess, I guess it counts on like your, your career year, but um, since he didn't play in 2014, you know, it, by the time it was 2016 is when he earned that big ass contract, that seven year deal. Cause I remember because we franchise tagged them. I was a huge Eric Berry fan his first two years in the league. I, I remember I was devastated when he tore his uh, ACL. I think it was against Buffalo at home. We got, I think we got blown out by Buffalo. It was like week two or something. Right. Because the right. following week, Jamal tore his ACL and in, in, uh, in Detroit. Right. But I was a huge Barry fan then. I was like, dude, this guy's like the greatest safety I've ever seen. And then he was really, really good. It's just, eh, I don't know. Like, you're not Hall of Fame caliber. You're definitely Ring of Honor, especially the story. But Right. Well, and, and back to my point, though, you know, with all the safety transition, you know, it, after Eric Berry, it was pretty much Tyron Matthew. You know, we've, you know, I was just basically getting at that the safety position has always been kind of that leadership role, I should say, on the team. Um, and then now we're transitioning into Justin Reed, and, you know, we know he's going to be the vocal piece of the defense. So, um, and I'm excited really mostly for the linebacking core that's that's probably the one the most exciting you know things I you know just not just because I played the position just because of the athleticism we finally have there now the uh the power the speed um the ability the wanting to hit and not you know people that just you know just want to stand there run away from the play um you know, like, you know, we have, you know, Nick Bolton and Leo Schnell, you know, those guys are going to be your, your run stuffers, your guys that are going to be, that are going to inflict more um, hit punishment, you know, clogging those gaps. And then you'll have Willie Gay running sideline to sideline with your receivers and um, tight ends up the, down the, you know, the sideline and stuff, you know, maybe taking some running backs out in the flat. Um, but that's the most exciting thing. I'm, you know, that's the one thing I'm excited about, you know, this year is the linebacking core. Yeah. My bold prediction for that is we'll be a top 10 defense. Um, would not surprise me though, if it was a really rough year, just because how young they are. Right. With Spags not having his old washed up veterans out there. Um, the problem with last year's defense, they just didn't take the ball away. Mm-hmm. They got sacks every once in a while, but like we just did not take the ball away. No, we didn't at all. We were like, I want to say we were like maybe twenty six <laughs> or twenty seventh. It was bad. Yeah, like you have to be able to take the ball away in the NFL. Uh-huh. If you can't stop someone from scoring and you can't get sacks, you have to be able to like at least get some interceptions or fumbles. Like they always say, whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game. So. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that, that it's going to come down to, you know, what is Spagnolo? what is he going to do? Is he going to, you know, say, I I have to put my older guys out there. I just, I I can't, I can't trust anybody or is he going to, you know, all right, this is who we drafted. You know, these are the players we have to play. I mean, they pretty much have taken away all his old guys, so he, he kind of – the only old guy he still has left is Frank Clark, really. Um, but he, as far as, like, the linebacking core goes, I think how 
they'll start off. You, you, you'll see, you know, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. They'll start off in those two that two linebacker set when they, you know, they're primarily in that four two five nickel. Um, and then when they go into four three base, that's when they'll bring in Chanel because he'll be your starting Sam, and then he'll obviously he'll back up Nick in the mic. Um, and if ever injury goes down to Nick or something like that, then, you know, he'll take over that spot. Um, and then Willie will take over your will spot, uh, just because that's, you need more athleticism and speed at that, uh, specific linebacker spot. And then, um, but I definitely see as the season goes on, Leo will transition into the two linebacker set into the nickel. Um, I the one, the one spot that I'm really not 100% sure who's going to take over is that dime linebacker spot. The one spot that Neiman played. Neiman was his dime linebacker. Every time you saw him out there with Sorensen, because he has a dime linebacker and his box safety next to each other. Um, so Log- I, don't, I don't know. Logically, gonna... I would say you put your most athletic guy out there. But, I mean, but that's the nothing. thing. I don't know if you can trust Willie Gay. I don't know if Willie Gay knows the dime spot. La- you know, ironically, I, we saw Willie Gay out there a lot last year in the dime spot. Like, there was a couple times we, we I saw him put uh, – he was put out there um, behind uh, at, if Neiman was out or whatever the case may be. Uh, he did an all right job. I mean, he didn't, like, you know, screw up a lot or anything like that, or he wasn't, like, uh, asked to do a whole lot. Um, his coverage wasn't super bad, uh, but it was more of like, you know, you're asking him to go to a specific spot. He wasn't like running with guys. Yeah. I think Willie Gay has with the thing with Willie Gay is he's just really, really good at very certain things right now. Cause he doesn't have a ton of experience. So if he plays a line of scrimmage, I think you're fine. But yeah, if you put him as like the only linebacker out there, I mean, who knows what can happen. Right. Now, if he can learn that dime roll, if he learns the dime roll, he, he's perfect for it. Because yeah. he, he, he's the most athletic linebacker, you know, because he can he's he's fast. He isn't afraid to hit anybody. Um, and, you know, he, he, he can read, you know, short routes. I mean, that that when he picked off Daniel Jones, granted, Daniel Jones wasn't, you know, really paying attention. He 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 his eyes led Willie Gay to where you know it was but still I mean you want that and I you know a lot of the deflect passes is what I noticed a lot this year from him um and you know I'll take those any day of the week as well right um as far as like uh offense goes um the offensive line I I I, you know Orlando Brown if Everything goes well with contract and stuff. He should be your left left tackle. Joe Tooney still your left guard. Create you know your center and Trey Smith at your right guard. The right tackle spot is where I'm you know a little not sure. I know they said they told Kennard like, hey, we were, we were looking for a right tackle. Um, you know that was the last spot we needed to check off the box. I just because he said that, I just don't think he's gonna go in there day one as a starter. I I hate to say it. Um if Niang's not healthy, I think it's gonna be Wiley there. Just because he played it primarily all last year. Uh, you know, he, he didn't 
like he wasn't horrific. Like he, you know, Mahomes was sacked so many damn times because of it because of him. But he wasn't like elite or you know all good. He was slightly above average at the spot. Oh, we still got the guy from Houston we signed too. Who's right? We still got that guy too. I, I I don't I don't know what spots he played um, in Houston. I don't know if he played the left or the right. I just played, know that he started at right quite a few games. So I don't know if that means he's going to start here, right? Right, right. Um, I also know that you know if Niang comes back healthy, I know that they're still pretty high on him. Um, the thing with him is he his injuries are kind are really really like they're bad injuries. Like you know having a patella ten tendon injury is bad because what that does is it weakens your quad muscle because your quad muscle is attached to that and then it weakens everything else like your calf your calf muscle will it will weaken and then that means you you're more prone to achilles tears um and then your patella tendon is also what allows your your kneecap to hold those those inner uh, ligaments which is your acl your mcl pcl and lcl and those can go out very easily so it, it's it's not a good injury on especially on an offensive lineman and a guy who's already had hip surgery too well, i know so, he's battling quite a bit of back problems too and we've already lost one right tackle to that so yeah i yeah he's he's either gonna have to come back like a bionicle robot or i i don't know um, but I definitely see Darren Kennard being the starting right tackle at some point. At, yeah, at, it's going to take, like, it's going to take all camp, all preseason, maybe like three or four weeks in for them to make that move. And you know what? You never know. It could be, it could be another Trey Smith situation if they're that impressed by him. Yeah. Um, you know, Trey Smith, I, I was, I heard this today. Trey Smith uh, started at OTAs as third string. And then by the time it got uh, day two of OTAs, he was second string. And then, like, a week and a half later, Kyle Long hurt, get, goes down, and then he's now the starter. And then he goes in the camp training camp as a starter, and he never lost his spot at all. He never lost his spot. So, you know, it, 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 could, be one, it could be one of those situations with him. You never know. Um, the one thing I am excited about, though, with the offensive line is, you know, with how young they are as far as like, you know, the center through the right side um, and how, you know, we got pretty much everybody locked up. And that's, you know, you, that's the one I will say the offensive line is the one, the one position that you have to have locked up, in my opinion, if you want to have a successful franchise. Yeah, man, you, you, Patrick Mahomes can't throw touchdowns if he's always on his back. No, no, nah, man. Um, as far as the uh, pass rush goes, the defensive line, I think uh, on first and second down, it'll probably be Carlo. It'll be Carloftis, Carloftis, uh, Derek Naughty, Chris Jones, and then shit. You know what? Fuck, Frank Clark may not even be a starter, and they could put uh, Mike Dana, have the have that as your starting, you know, your starting, you know, first and second down, and then you shift 
uh, Karloftis inside, and then you bring in another uh, pass rusher, and then you bring in Frank Clark off the edge. Uh, yeah, I think Frank Clark, I mean, I think everyone's realized he's really good in the run game. So it yeah, wouldn't no, surprise me if he kind of goes into a situational role. Right, right. No, it could be definitely like that. I, I also see him still just being your first and second down guy as well. Um, you never know. Uh, they seem to be still high on Josh Kane, though. I, I, you know, he, he didn't really put out a lot in Florida State. Granted, when you go through three defensive coordinators, I, I don't know how you're going to be able to be successful. Um, but, you know, they seem to be still high on him. Um, I, I, I really like Mike Dana. I, I know he's not a super flashy player, but he, high motor. he, yeah, he's got a high motor. He never gives up on plays and you know what you're going to get with him. Um, Tershawn Wharton. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that they say, Hey, he's got, he's, he's got a high uh, motor in practice or he does this and does that. And then, you know, he may get you one or two sacks out of the year. If that. Everyone's got a high motor in practice. Right. Exactly. Um, well, for the most part, unless you just got those dudes that just don't care anymore, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting year. Um, I do know that they have that AFC title game in the back of their heads. I know Patrick does. Um, and I, I'm not saying that they're going to come out and, you know, have like a, you know, we're going to go undefeated or anything like that. Or, you know, I, I think it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hair pulling season. There's going to be some hair pulling. Yeah. I think we're going to kind of go back to, up until last year, we were undefeated in September, and I think the hard part's going to be is some of these guys that we have now, actually a lot of them, weren't on any of the Super Bowl teams or AFC title teams. Yep, so they don't know what it's like to play on a championship team at all. They don't know what it's like to play on a championship team. The other part is, like, they're young. They're not experienced in playing at NFL speed, but it wouldn't surprise me at the same time if we went back to being undefeated in September starting this year. Right. Because at the end of the day, you still have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, right? And they also they also don't know what it's like to play that like a lot of games, like like Patrick Travis, um, you know, some of the guys on the defense, uh, some of the guys on the offense. Like these, those guys have played a lot of football in like the last four years. Yeah. Um. So you know, so these players coming in this, you know, this system. Um, you know, MVS, he, he, he knows what it's like to play a lot of football because, you know, he's played with Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. But guys like Juju, you know, he, he, he hasn't got, he doesn't go far. So this is going to be a whole new experience. And like you said, the rookies are, you know, the young guys coming in, they haven't played a lot of football like this. Um, and it's, it's different in college. Like the travel is just completely different when you're in the pros and you are when you're in college um, because you can be traveling completely across the country. Um, And um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be a interesting season. That's all. That's all I got to really say about it. Yeah. um, Like I said, it's 
it, you're not going to know until preseason. You're going to see flashes of guys. Um, obviously, everyone's going to watch camp tape, but you know, I think our first nine weeks, eight eight of those teams are playoff teams from last year, and you know that's going to be frustrating. I get like some of these rookies that are going to be starters. So yeah, there was like a record like. Like our first, like eight, yeah, they had all had winning re- winning records or something like that. So, like that, that's hard when you have a bunch of. I mean, a lot of the guys we got have been in the playoffs before, or been in NFC or AFC title games, right? But not on this team, right? And it's and it does matter, right? And and a lot, I know I've been seeing a lot of you know fans out there saying like oh the NFL is just trying to screw us over because of how good we are blah 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 I'm like no there's there's a formula to how they they build seasons you know you always play your division twice and you play all the other division winners from your conference um and then you then you play uh and then you play a uh um a one NFC division and then now they've thrown in the extra game. Um, but you play, you know, what you're – like what you're – what you were – like if you were first place in your division, you'll play the other first place division winners. But if you were second place in your division, you'll play the other second place winners, winners in their division. So there's a formula with how they build the schedule. It's just how we've gotten it. These, these teams that we're playing – were teams that were on or that are on the come up. So they had stellar seasons the year before when years prior to that, they probably weren't really having that good, that good amount of seasons of so their yeah, placings were different. Literally Cincinnati. Like that's per like. Yeah, exactly. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Buffalo, you know, ten, like these teams are all, these teams have all been getting better. So it's like how their placings have been, have been why we're playing them. Yeah, well, it was like Baltimore, too. We played them for like four years straight. It was to the point, like, dude, I'm tired of playing the Ravens. New England. I mean, yeah. we were playing New England every year. And it always – and how they di- how they differentiate from home and away is they rotate the home and away every three years. So you'll play – like, you'll play New England at New England for three years in a row, and then they finally decide, oh, we'll switch the rotation every three years. And I'm like, why can't you just do it every year? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Personally, I hate the seventeenth game, and the biggest reason I hate it is because there is no five hundred record now, Mm. Uh, and that matters when it comes to playoff seedings because that seventeenth game is an out of conference game. Um, The problem is, is you could win that out of conference game and go nine and eight, but that but there could be another team in your own division or own conference that lost that out of conference 17th game mm-hmm. went eight and nine. They may have been better than you in playing in the AFC or playing in the division, but you get to go in because you beat an out of conference 17th right. game. That's not supposed to mean anything. Right. That's the only thing I hate about that. Well, and eventually it just means they're going to eventually add an 18th game. And yeah, because there, there has to be a 500. Like, yeah, there has to be. They're going to eventually throw in an 18th game. It's just more money that the NFL is trying to bring in because the TV deals are now, you know, changing. Because next, I, I, I don't know if it's 2022 or 2023, but 
games are now like free agents or whatever, like Fox or CBS, they, they can pick whatever game they want. Like, whereas Fox used to get the, the NFC away games and then, uh, CBS would get the NFC, uh, or C- CBS would get the AFC away games. We uh, almost always play on CBS unless it's prime time. Right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. So, so now they're doing, I can't remember if it was this year or next year that they're changing it up where now it doesn't matter. You can be, you can be an AFC, you know, an AFC team, uh, AFC team, and then um, you play on a lot of Fox channels and stuff, or Fox. Your a lot of your games will be on Fox, or yeah, you can be you a, a, a NFC like team, and a lot of your games can be on CBS. Right, and a team like Kansas City is going to be on Fox a lot. Yeah, well, especially with how we're now through a lot of three o'clock games. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, we're gonna be a lot of it, it's. It's gonna be different this year. No more nooners. Yeah. Well, it's it's after this year is when that kicks in. But oh, the whole free agent thing. Yeah, it's after this season. Okay. Uh, so I I knew it was coming up. But thing is, like Jerry Jones back in the day, he's the reason Fox even does NFL games. He literally had to talk. He begged them and talked them into putting the Cowboys on Fox, and then he signed a deal with them. Cowboys are always on Fox if they're on primetime. That's just his thing with them. Right. So that's going to kind of, I mean, I don't know how that's going to affect his wallet, but if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be like, damn, dude, like I had a deal with Fox. Now I got to go do this. I might have to go to CBS or I might be going to Amazon. Right. Exactly. And that's another thing, too. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to still play the Thursday night games on the local channels for people, but I, it seems like they're all, it's only going to be aired on Amazon Prime. So, so, like, around here, I don't know how it is for other places, but on my TV, I have Comcast, Xfinity, whatever. Um, I could watch the Thursday night game on NFL Network, or I could watch it on KCTV5 here. Like, it was broadcast on both for me. Right, and that's, that's kind of where it's been uh, for me, too. K- well, KCTV5 is pretty much fu- – is it's Fox here. Um, but yeah, the NFL network was, uh, the other option. And I think the NFL network still will probably air it too, but you know, if you don't have Amazon prime, I really don't think you may have NFL network, you know, in your cable package like that. But, um, but I don't know. Um, I know that it's going to be some hard, hard for a lot of people because not a lot of people can like handle Amazon Prime or afford it. I remember seeing a lot of people bitching about it on a lot of Chiefs fan pages. Like, I can't afford Amazon Prime or I don't know how to use Amazon Prime or we don't get it here. And then someone was like, oh, well, if you have internet, you can get Amazon anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of, I'm glad my internet didn't get shut out. There was a transformer that blew up across the street, and I was playing Madden, and fuck, I heard a fucking boom, and I saw a flash, and I was like, what the fuck? And there was, like, smoke in the air, and I was like, oh, a transformer was blown, and then, yeah, I see the uh, electric truck there, or whatever the company is, KCP&L. Yeah, dude, when I remember in high school, we were at football practice one day, and, uh, 
you could see a uh, snidebar road from the from the uh, football field yeah we heard a loud boom and just smoke everywhere and you know we're all looking coaches getting pissed off you know focus whatever mm-hmm. he's like don't worry about it's just a you know a transformer blew up well he was wrong and a fucking car ran off the road and ran into a power pole sheesh yeah like she had to be like life flighted damn that's crazy man um Mahomes uh he's adding to his family. <laughs> Dude is uh he's 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 moving, man. <laughs> he's moving. I mean she does look better, you know, post baby than she did before to be honest, but post baby, yeah. Yeah, her body got a lot better after popping one out. So do you think it's gonna be a boy or do you think it's gonna be a girl? If it's a boy, that thing's gonna be like Simba off Lion King. That's what I'm saying. Literally, like the whole, like can't like the whole city's gonna be like, we have to protect him. He's the next <laughs> coming. Like, it's gonna be crazy and stuff. But someone's gonna walk up and put a red and gold stripe across his forehead. Now, if he's now, if it's a girl, he's done. Like he's yeah. done. Like you already know, Patrick's controlled, anyways. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Um, nah, it, it's a. I know Pat's good to his woman. That's you know, you want to see that, you want to see him good to her and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to see him being an ass and hitting her and beating her like a lot of these idiots out here do, beating on their damn women and shit. She probably beats the hell out of him. She, hey, probably. You never, you never know. Speaking of, I think the shout out to Johnny Depp, by the way. Oh, yeah, he won his case. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool for him. Eight million settlement and shit. Yeah, he got like fifteen million dollars out of it. Yeah, which isn't shit, but it's just the fact that it's like he wanted to ruin her life and he got to. Exactly. Well, she kind of fucking deserves it. So, but um, yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. If you if if I'm correct, you know, based off you know how when you're able to start you know getting ultrasounds and stuff i wouldn't be surprised if this was a honeymoon baby if they got it on during the honeymoon because they got married not too long ago yeah that's true honestly (laughs) they take a lot of vacations though too so it could be a honeymoon or a vacation baby yeah you never know um golf tournament he's doing is tonight that's what i was was gonna say the matches tonight with um i you know i hate to say it but i think brady and rogers are gonna win yeah, I just think just because, you know, they're just those are just older guys, more experienced in the game. And I've never seen Josh Allen play golf. I've yeah. seen Rodgers and Mahomes play, but yeah, I've never seen him play golf either, which I fucking suck at golf. So whatever. Yeah, I'm not as far as like my accuracy goes, I'm not that good. But, you know, I try to, you know, I, as far as like using the right clubs, I'm pretty familiar with that. And just knowing certain situations, but I'm just my accuracy is just not there yet. Yeah, I I, I'm more of a driver guy. Like I love going the driving ranges more than anything because I think whacking at a ball and trying to hit it as far as you possibly can, you know, going to like Top Golf or something like that, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not very good even hitting the ball. I went to Top Golf and swung and missed when the fucking club came back around and hit it. On the backside, and went and the ball actually went into Top Golf. I was like, 
fuck. <laughs> At least it's not as bad as me going bowling. And I threw the damn one time I freaking flung the ball and I went, it went like four lanes over. <laughs> That's probably worse, to be honest. Everyone hears that and sees it. <laughs> yeah, that shit was uh, not good. Not good at all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's, get, let's get to the dead point in the off season. We're going to have to start figuring out things to talk about. We're going to be, um, you know, running into a wall here. So we might have to start doing like, like top fives and top tens and stuff. Well, you've got a show prep. So by the time that's over, you know, that, that'll probably be this next episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get through all that and, um, we'll probably do like, Shit, I'm even doing like cool with even doing like our top, you know, top five or top ten foods. If you want to just throw like an extra fun segment in here or whatnot, I know I'm just thinking about food at the end of the day. That's what's what it is. But uh, like I was, we were at, I was at the store the other day, man, and I just walked down the candy aisle. I don't know why I did to torture myself, but it's just like you know, like looking at the Reese's. Like, they have, like, just so many different, like, just kinds of oh, Reese's, yeah. like, from, like, white cups to uh, big cups to take Reese's take fives to sticks to... You're like, I'm not a big M&M's person, but, like, I'll go to a gas station and I'll walk in and, like, you know, if I'm prepaying, I look over and there's, like, a hundred different types of M&M's now. Yeah, they, I know. They have, like, walnut, peanut. Yeah. Like, most of them taste like shit anyways, but there's a ton of different ones. I'm I'm a peanut guy. I Peanut or peanut butter. Like, oh, yeah, dude. Those peanut butter ones are good as hell. Peanut, peanut butter's fire, but honestly, I, I'm cool with peanut. And one of my clients, one of my old, old, old clients, um, her husband, they used to be, they were, like, been season holders for years. Um, they, I guess her husband and his crew, they like are part of like this big tailgating thing that's been like a famous Kansas city chief tailgating club or something like that. And they get to park on the side where the chiefs drive up and pull in the parking lot where they park at. Oh, I got you. Um, and so they get to talk to players, greet players, but mainly when the, uh, ones are mainly when they're leaving and stuff um but they uh what what i was getting at with this is uh they found out that andy reed's favorite candy was peanut m&ms i guess that's like when he's drawing up plays he's eating peanut m&ms because that's like a stinking candy or something like that i mean it makes sense or something so i guess they bought him like a she like contacted whoever is a handler for M&Ms or something like that and bought him like a lifetime supply or something like that of peanut M&Ms for Andy Reid. So thought that was pretty cool that she got to do that. Um, but yeah, no, peanut M&Ms is, is by far my favorite M&M. Um, when it comes to Reese's, I like fast breaks. Uh, I don't know if you. It's like a bar or whatever. Yeah, it has like um, like the like, pretzel one. No, that's uh, that's, that's a like take, five. take five. That's a take five one. But no, this is no. I've had a fast break then. Um, it has I, like new. It's like nougat or something like that in it, and like yeah. like peanut butter and nougat, and it, it's just fire. That's all I can tell you. 
Um, the one candy bars that I just do not care for, though, I do not care for Heath bars. Dude, I can't stand Butterfingers. Oh, you can't? No, that shit sticks to my teeth. And okay. I'm pissed off by that. Okay, yeah. I That's... It is the annoying part about a Butterfinger, but man, dude, they <laughs> taste so fucking good. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember when they used to make the, uh, they used to make these things called Butterfinger BBs. They were like yeah, little small, small little Butterfinger, like, uh, like star cl- clusters or something like that. And they were like a little bit easier to eat because they were like handheld. Do you remember, like, I think they're called nibs or something like that. Nibs? No, I don't remember nibs. I, the, I can't stand dots. I cannot. Yeah, those are fucking gross. Those dude. are disgusting. And the one thing, oh, my God, I told Cassie this. I cannot stand peeps. On Easter, if I see peeps, get them out of my fucking face. Yeah, I, I peeps. Cannot, <laughs> peeps are fucking gross. Yeah, they're rough, dude. And they have, like, yeah, fruit, like, fruit punch-flavored ones. Hard-ass <laughs> fucking marshmallow shit. Yeah, that's fucking nasty. I know some <laughs> people, like, they'll take, like, a pan, and they'll make s'mores in the oven, put peeps on top for the marshmallow. But when those fuckers come out, they're not hard, but they're, they were so hard going in there, they're still the shape of, like, those little fucking birds. Yeah, dude, that shit's gross. Um, and What did you and Cassie have the other day for that cheat meal? Oh, we have five guys. Oh, we have five guys, man. I, I smashed a fat ass burger, and yeah. like half of a half of a small one, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, a bag of fries. Fries, yeah, man. It was it was it was delightful. <laughs> it was very delightful. Although I was in a fucking carb coma, they like after that. Oh like, yeah, I went to Texas Roadhouse the other day and ate five baskets of rolls. Oh, dude, a, a blooming onion. I had a salad, loaded mashed potatoes, and a 16-ounce ribeye. Oh, man. And I stopped by Andy's on the way home after, so. I'm sure your ass did. Dude, yes. Yeah, I'm sure you did, man. I, I was so full, I didn't eat breakfast the next morning. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, I, I was in, I was in a massive carb coma. Like, I, I, as soon as I ate it all and I sat there, I just couldn't feel the blood rush. <laughs> through my whole body like everywhere and it was just like i was like oh man like i'm getting so tired right now <laughs> but it was good man it was it was definitely needed i'm 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 ready i'm ready to start you know getting back to eating whenever i want uh, we go back to our monthly trips to johnny's tavern right getting that Although I think last time we we ordered a size too too much, yeah, because we eat like wings with it too. But I think yeah, we got- I, think we, I think we were supposed to get like a medium one, and we ended up getting a large last time. So they were like, there was like it was like half left and stuff. I'm like, damn. I was thinking about that like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, we left half of that pizza there at Johnny's Tavern, and I can literally kill that right now. Yeah, like right now, I could kill that entire pizza, no problem. Oh man, I got I got one more meal left, and it's it's steak, steak and veggies today. Yeah, and it's not like and it's it it's like it's top sirloin, man. It's not like anything like a, a fillet or T bone or. I had a skirt steak for lunch. 
Skirt steak is pretty good. Um, yeah, I like uh, the stew meat. It's pretty good, too. It's pretty lean. Um, all right, man. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, you know, as far as regarding the Chiefs, you know, before we get out of here? No, man. I think we covered it all. It's going to be pretty dead the next probably month and a half till camp starts. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, some news or something pops up. I'm sure Orlando Brown might. We'll we'll hear something about that by the time we you know, get another episode going. So, um, all right. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, that's going to go ahead and do it for the podcast.